0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. When it comes to tech, I'm really out of my league uh, as far as some of the upper echelons of what's being played out. You know, in fact, I guess it was uh, technology that caused the crash of these Boeing 737 MAX planes over a year ago in uh, Asia and uh, at a loss of uh, great loss of life. And there's an investigation now before the House Transportation Committee in the USA and uh, the Federal Aviation Authority there. Uh, disclosing that uh, I guess there were uh, some games being played there as well. The planes uh, were not taken out of uh, offline uh, until the second crash, actually, and it had been flagged that this uh, system that they had uh, that led to stalls and what have you actually uh, put a lot of people in harm's way. So let's get the details on where we're going with all of this, because as I say, it's beyond my pay grade to understand. But Jock Williams is in the catbird seat when it comes to such matters. Global News Radio's aviation expert, who's joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Jock, how you doing? Very well,
1: John. Yourself?
0: I'm good, but uh, I
1: mean I'm I'm on a new pay grade now.
0: You are. Uh, <laughs> okay. you're, you're actually, yeah, you've been upgraded. Uh, <laughs> What What is the current situation with the Boeing 737 Max? They're still offline or are they flying?
1: They're still offline, although some have been ferried. It's funny, in my research, to make sure I was up to date on all of this, I found that some have actually flown from Singapore down to Alice Springs in Australia because it's too wet in Singapore to store airplanes outside. And so they flew some down to, Austra- to Australia, presumably with special permission from the relevant uh, aviation authorities. But... If you've been following the American political system in the recent weeks, with the impeachment inquiries, you'll be used to senators and various other congressmen sitting around throwing questions at, at uh, defensive individuals, and that's exactly what's been happening in the United States today and yesterday, when the, the members of the Federal Aviation Authority were questioned as to how this could possibly have happened and what the outcome is predicted to be and so on. It's really quite fascinating to watch.
0: Right. And so this investigation of the FAA, this is the authority that uh, governs gotcha. the skies and such uh, they, there's a suggestion they might have been derelict in their duty of oversight of Boeing and the MAX.
1: Well, there's going to be a suggestion of that sort. I, I, I'm sure you understand that when there's an airplane crash, there are literally thousands of lawyers who sniff the blood in the water and decide that maybe they could get a cut from Boeing for, for threatening them with some absolutely untenable lawsuit. And, and in many cases, a company like Boeing will pay up even though they know they would win the lawsuit. They just can't afford to wait around and, and let the number of cases build up. So so a couple of people have come forward and said very inflammatory things about what they knew before the crash. But you notice they didn't say it before the crash. Hmm. You know, and that's, it's just human nature, I guess. We're always going to have this. But there are people, people who had relatives who were on either the Lion Air crash in Indonesia or the one in uh, Ethiopia. Either one of them, they're going to say things like, we're not satisfied that Boeing has done enough to rectify this problem because that raises the possibility that they may get a few extra million dollars by pressuring Boeing. I really hate when this goes on.
0: What are the uh, status of the lawsuits now? I'm assuming there are suits that have been filed.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, they're nowhere near done, of course. They won't be done for probably 10 or 15 years. But Boeing has paid a certain amount to a certain number of people, and it's a nondisclosure type agreement. The people can't tell anybody what they've received, and if they do, they'll be giving back any money that they've got left. So, but Boeing, as you as you well understand, has undoubtedly lost billions of dollars on this. Uh, I, I understand that their stocks have dropped precipitously. But there's also the prediction that the second these planes are ungrounded, the Boeing stocks will go up. I saw one figure, 999 percent. Whoa! Now that would be quite something. I, I think there may have been a misprint, but but Boeing is going to look a lot better in January than it did uh, last March. But on the other hand, does that mean the problem has been solved? Well, I think the problem was solved within within hours or days of the initial accidents. but that's just my opinion.
0: Again, Jock Williams with us, Global News Radio's aviation expert. This is something to do with uh, the airline that Boeing uh, was cranking out. Uh, they were looking at, Jock, this is interesting because they say uh, about 4,800 planes in the run But by the time the crashes occurred, only about 400 had been put into, uh, you know, commissioned.
1: That's true, but there's probably another 150 sitting on parking lots around the Boeing plant right now and other airports in the world. And Air Canada just announced a buy, I think 61 of them, for a price of several billion dollars, as you might imagine. uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, that, that in itself is a shot in the arm for Boeing. When a major airline says, we trust these things regardless of what anybody else says, then I think it's looking pretty good for them.
0: I wonder how the traveling public might feel about it, though. I mean, Well,
1: you, you know that there are airlines that are actually changing the names of these airplanes. They're not going to be called 737 MAX 7s or MAX 8s. They're going to be called some other name because that name will live in infamy, and you can't afford that when you're an airline operator.
0: You were suggesting that within days they might have rectified the problem. Let's just uh, dial it back for those not familiar. was the MCAS software in the plane. That's Uh, right. uh, So walk us through exactly where the problem arose. Well,
1: that MCAS stands for Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, and that's the system that theoretically pushes on the control column or pulls on it, depending on what's required, to make sure that the plane doesn't raise its nose too high or lower its nose too much when a particular problem occurs now the particular problem that that probably occurred and we don't really know this for sure even yet is that maybe a bird or something else hit the vein that runs the angle of attack indication system now most airplanes always every airplane i've ever flown had two of them and they had a system that compared the results because if a bird bends your angle of attack vein it doesn't work right anymore So we always have had in the past two systems that tell us what the angle of attack is and if there is a difference. The machine can't sort out which one is right, but it'll tell you, listen, there's a discrepancy here. We're not sure which one of these is right, so turn the whole thing off. And that's all you had to do was just push a button, turn the system off, and now you're flying just a regular airplane once again. But it appears that, first of all, there was no comparator system. There was no system that said, look at both of these. They're so different. Something is dreadfully wrong. But the second thing is they didn't institute a training system that sufficiently alerted pilots to the fact that once you turn that system off, you don't ever turn it back on again until that plane is on the ground. So in each case, we know from the flight data recorder system and the cockpit voice recorder that having done the right thing quickly which was turn the system off, the pilots then made the the deadly mistake of turning it back on. And once it was turned back on, they had already made another deadly mistake, and that was leaving the throttles in climb power. So each of those airplanes apparently crashed at a speed in the area of 600 miles per hour. Mm. And, and at 600 miles per hour, you can't pull back on the stick hard enough to, uh, to cause the nose to move in the direction you want it to. But if you were, if you had reduced your speed to, let's say, 200 miles an hour, it would be quite a simple matter, and you'd have a lot more time to take action. If, if you're going at 600 miles an hour, you're covering terrain quickly. And if you happen to be aimed towards it, if you're going down, you're going down very quickly. So the basic thing is that, sadly to say, four pilots anyway, made a a deadly error in turning the system back on and in not carrying out some basic airmanship, which is slow your airplane down to the minimum acceptable speed for safety's sake.
0: So this MCAS system, again, this is the high-tech component uh, and relatively new, had a mind of its own, and uh, it directed the plane to, I guess, go down and... uh... Well,
1: you can't exactly say it had a mind of its own. It had a theory about what should be done under certain circumstances, and it saw the circumstances, and it took the action that it thought was all right. But sadly, in these particular circumstances, if the angle of attack vane was bent and therefore the airplane wasn't getting the right data, then there really was no correct answer other than, as I've said, turn the system off. There's a red button on the top of the stick of each pilot's control column. And if you push that red button, you turn it off. Then while you're holding the switch in the off position, you reach over and flick off the system on another switch. And that's all that needed to happen and that's been true from since they started building any model of 737 which i think started in about 1964 mm. but if you don't do that vital thing, you've signed your own death warrant in many cases. A few pilots apparently encountered this problem but just simply did the right thing, came back and landed. So they didn't generate enough of a furor. Maybe if they'd written strongly worded letters to either the FAA or Boeing, some more action would have been taken. But instead, they did what they were supposed to do. It worked. And so the, it, there was no publicity, and no change was made in the in the training or in the operation system. You can be very sure that a huge amount of time has been spent in the last ten months in studying how we're going to train pilots to fly this airplane. Every single pilot's going to have to check out on this airplane again, but there will be additions to the training system, and the major one will be how to handle the MCAS system.
0: Right. Which, if I've got you correctly here, uh, these pilots, the particular ones in the crashes, put too much faith in that system as opposed to uh, their own training.
1: Uh, well, they didn't they didn't exactly put too much faith in it. They just didn't seem to understand that all they could do was mm. turn it off. Right. And if they turned it off, everything would be all right. But I guess in their desperation, well, there's another training issue. As one of the pilots we have found had only 300 hours total flight time. Mm. Now, that is not enough flying training to uh, to be occupying a seat in a plane of that complexity. But we only found that out after the crash. And uh, apparently that is not uncommon in some of these third-world airlines and so on. So we're going to have to watch out for that one, seriously.
0: Yeah, You, know, you want to uh, be uh, mindful when you're booking your next ticket, uh, <laughs> let's say, in
1: some yeah, of these... Don't yeah. fly in Acme Airlines.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> Grace L. Ferguson Airline and Storm Door Company, as Bob Newhart once said.
1: Exactly.
0: So, And finally, it's been rectified now to your satisfaction? so it, that in... I'm sure it has. I have
1: no doubt. I would fly that airplane at the drop of a hat, and so would any other 737 qualified pilot that I know. All, right. All of us are convinced that the airplane is without flaw, but you've got to do what the manufacturer says when, th- when bad things happen.
0: There you go. And uh, in case you find yourself in that situation for the layperson, it's the red button on top of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe they'll
1: stripe it or something <laughs> so you can
0: see it. Better. That's it. Uh, and then bend over and turn off the system. I got you. <laughs> J- Jock, I've written it all down just oh, in case. Good to you. Yeah, my pleasure. You'd okay. be good. Yeah, Goodbye. Jock Williams, uh, again, Global News Radio's aviation expert. There you go. Little tech talk. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast.